What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Y'all, we're going to say it. I'm going to start it each week with this because y'all don't understand how much it means to us. Thank you so much for the support, the comments, the interactions y'all have been giving us. Like y'all don't understand how much it means to us for some for a group of guys that just started this out of the blue in January. We can't express how much y'all support means to us. It's absolutely crazy. Y'all don't get it. Um, and it means even more this week because this is the first episode on the Panthers Nation Network where we're getting to talk after a Panthers win. So, I mean, just pump it into my veins. Just inject me with it. I need it every week because it makes Sundays so much better. You'll know. I mean, we all know it. An NFL win, Jeff said a couple weeks back, there's nothing like an NFL win. There's nothing like a Sunday or a week after an NFL win. I wish I could wear my jersey next tomorrow, but, you know, we ain't allowed to do that. But, um, guys, I mean, I mean, I know – we got, we, we got to pump the brakes a little bit because it was the Lions. Sorry, my roommate Maroon's a Lions fan. But we got to pump the brakes a little bit. What were y'all's thoughts, you know, after the game? Because, I mean, that was the first shutout we've had since 2015. So, it, it feels good. It was great to see a young defense finally come of age, finally play full four quarters, and, and look like a legit team, look like a legit defense. And I think it's good for their confidence and morale because, you know, we have a lot of rookies. It'll be great for them moving forward, having a, having that type of game against a quarterback that is a legit starter. Matthew Stafford is a, 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 has been a legit NFL pro now for over a decade. So that's a big game to have like this, uh, this, this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it was great to see. And something that uh, I noticed this game that we, in our other three wins, we didn't really face too much adversity along the way. A lot of things were rolling, and today we faced some setbacks. We, it was not easy all, the whole way through. I mean, if you looked at the scoreboard, you'd think the Panthers dominated, but there was times in that game where I did not think we were going to win. I did not think we were going to win. So it was great to see the Panthers. Uh, we overcame some setbacks today and uh, really fought, fought hard to get the win. You know, at the end of the day, um, it feels great. It makes your next week, you know, awesome, as you said, Jack. But at the end of the day, listen, a shutout's a shutout. If you shut out an NFL team, game on, man. I mean, you know, and, and so I'll leave it at that. You know, the offense we'll get into, and I'm sure we'll get into a lot more about it. But kudos. You, you shut out an NFL team led by, to me, probably a Hall of Fame quarterback. So – but how are you going to go from saying last week that he didn't put the fear of God in you, but this week he's a Hall of Fame quarterback? I don't, I don't get that. You can't go back and forth like that. Yeah, you can because now it feels good to shut him down. <laughs> yeah, no. Now that, now that we beat them, then you give them all the credit. That's the best. That's the biggest fan thing I've ever heard. Now we'll give him credit. Hey, I, you know, I, I agree. Yeah, I guess. But at the end of the day, shout out to shout out, and that's what you roll with. I mean, that that's not easy to do. I said, shout out Zachary Heath. He had DM'd us. He was like, I, I wanted to come on again and talk about how little Matt Stafford puts the fear of God on me. And I mean, that was the biggest thing from the defense right now. I mean, we had seen it. We had not, and Jeff had been preaching it week in and week out. You put pressure on these low mobility quarterbacks, these veteran guys, you can get them off the rhythm. What do we have? Five, six sacks today? I think it was at least five. I mean, that's huge for a team last year that was in the bottom of the barrel for sacks. When you've got off the edge guys, like Brian Burns, and you've got now guys that can create that problem in the middle, like your Derek Browns. I think it was, I think it was five sacks today, and you had even, I mean, yeah, you had five. Derek, yeah, and you had Brian Burns doing what Brian Burns does. That man is my Lord and Savior. I, I love him so much because he's just a monster off the edge. But then you've had guys, and the what, and what is best about him, and I'll let y'all talk about this, is the distraction he creates. Even if he's not making the play, he is making the play because he is taking the block away. From FA, from Marquise Haynes, from Derek Brown. Shanti's talked a little bit about how that line, that front four came together today. It, like you said, when you have a guy like Brian Burns that creates distractions 
for he can he he gets the double team assignments. It allows one on ones across the board. FA got FA got it going. Get to gross Matos got his first. I think that was that was his first sack of his career today. So and it's it's good to see all those guys finally put together a complete performance because I mean that's been one of the we've been we've been waiting on. What we've been waiting on. Who was going to be the next guy to step up off that defensive line group? And today it was a collective effort. And those are the types of efforts you want to see because we don't, I mean, we, we all know I me, mean, Brian Burns is, is a superstar, but the best teams are able to do things, are really able to do things by committee and not just on one guy alone. So having a day like today where you got there, you, you made, you made it happen. We've been preaching each and every week. We've been preaching. You got to be able to get pressure. Like, like, like Jeff said, we got to get, we got to move these older quarterbacks off the spot. We did that today and we had success. And Jeff, you talked about it. I mean, like I said, you appreciate it in pressure week in and week out. And this week, kind of like Shanti said, it was, you know, success by committee. And that's reminiscent of, you know, kind of that line of the cardiac cats where it wasn't just one dude getting it going. It was everybody getting it going. And so, I mean, do you think this defense, especially that front seven or that front four, has the ability to show some sparks of that, you know, and especially in their earlier years of the cardiac cats? Absolutely. I mean, A, you get confidence from today. You get the five sacks. Um, but Shanti said on the head, when you've got somebody like Brian Burns, Okay, so are you going to double team him? If you double team him, who's going to who's going to fill fill the gap? Um, and Gross Matos did it today, and you got you know other guys. So that that getting that that pressure up front, and you know for that team to do what they did, um, and really kind of in my opinion, you know held their own or even dominated a little bit the the Lions' offensive line. Um, they put pressure on them all day long, whether they sack him or not. So uh, it can only move, for, and they're young. I mean, you know, the, the best part about today is you're still young. So I think you take that that defensive line. Brian Burns, there's always one player, I think, on every team on that front line. You've got to have that one player that that demands respect. Yeah, your J.J. Watts, your Jeffrey Simmons. I'll throw that in there yeah. for you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. And somebody, <laughs> and somebody who's going to make a difference. Yeah. And when you do that, how are you going to how are you going to defend it? So yeah. them and yeah, I mean, you know, you go back and, and think about you know, and and the Panthers have always had some guys up front, which has always been cool. Yeah. Whether it was Julius Peppers, you know, you you can go you know down the horn. Um. But, you know, and, and Luke would come in and sub, and, and that's your seven. But, yeah, yeah the sky's the limit with them, and, and, and kudos for the five sacks. Yeah, it looked like, it'd be, you know, back in the days when they would have, you know, um, Rucker, or they'd have, you know, um, and they'd have Al Wallace, or they'd just have everybody doing what they needed to do. Um, and Tyler, specifically talk about, you know, especially the yard allowed, uh, the yards allowed this game, and then the third, third down conversions, because we came off a game where against the Bucks we let up 544 yards offensively, and I think they were almost 95% on the on the three, third, third down conversion marker. So just talk a little bit about how much of a confidence booster for this young defense this game was yeah you know that's demoralizing if you can't get off the field as a defense you know just getting worked down you know over the whole course of the game that's that really takes a toll on you and um over the course of the game when that keeps happening you lose confidence like you said and so for us to be able to get you know off the field early in the game that was huge um for the whole rest of the game in our confidence and i even think not just our players but phil snow he called a great game today, I thought, and I was really impressed with, with him. We got um, He did a lot of stuff with rushing five guys, getting one-on-ones, uh, like we talked about with Brian Burns, who, yeah, he's developing into a superstar in this league, and um, you know, I think he's one of the top five defensive ends playing in the league right now. So um, you know, we really just came into our own defensively and we looked a lot more confident um, because, because of how we played early on. And these are going to be some stats that are going to break your heart real quick, but I got to throw them in just to show, to give you all some context about our third down defense and our third as a whole. So 
<laughs> the Lions went one for six in the first half on third down, and then they went three for 14 to finish. That's awesome. We've done in the past couple of games, we were going, they were going 10 for 12. They were going, you know, nine for 10. They were, they were eviscerating us. We could not make those third down stops. And it wouldn't be just, you know, those dink and dunks, your, you know, your, your spare change third downs. It was third and 14s, third and 12s. I mean, they were some chunk plays we were giving up. We have had the worst third down defense stats-wise since 1972 in terms of conversion. I mean, are you kidding me? And another one, this was the first – we forced the first – we first we forced our first three and out of the season in the third quarter this year. And for a team that has had the history of, of the Ron Rivera defenses, your Luke Keekleys, your Thomas Davises, your Julius Peppers, even your John Beesons, I mean, that – I'm wearing TD's jersey right now. I mean, that defense was always the hallmark of our team. I know we were going to be bad going into it. Did y'all expect us to be this bad with this young of a defense? I mean, what was y'all's real? Because we talked about it a little bit, but what were y'all's real expectations going into this season with this defense that we were going to have a complete overhaul? I knew we would be bad. I, I knew that. I just didn't think that. Because being bad on third down is – I don't really know what the I don't really know what, what you pinpoint the issue because you're getting teams to third and 14, third and 20, but you just can't get off the field. And it's just I I, I would I would have had to look at I would have to look at coaching, players, and everything. Like if there's just like a series of things going wrong, and then, then for it to happen that consistently, man, and it's and it's really odd because if you look at our numbers, just just pure stats off of yards per game, points per game, we're not horrible. We're we're, we're no. middle of the pack, but we're not horrible. But it's just those those key stats. Third down, I look at that and I just I can't even understand how you can't. Well, I, I understand it because you kind of because we play a we play kind of prevent pretty much every, all game if you if you really look yeah, at it. Yeah, so I we really do. It, but I just couldn't see us. I really couldn't see us being that bad on third down coming into the year. Which I get the prevent on the third down because we don't have the cornerbacks to go like a nickel yeah. or a or, or a dime coverage. But Jeff, being the NFL liaison, you've seen firsthand with the Titans that even if you have a star-studded lineup. You're not always the best on third down. Talk a little bit about how much coordination comes into play. I think that's the case. Listen, you know, the Titans don't have a, a defensive coordinator. Mike Vrabel's been making the calls. And they're horrible. Today alone, I mean, they had Baltimore a couple times, third and 17. You're like, you're going to get off – 95% of the teams are going to get off the field on third and 17. But where that you, 5% with you there. Right. And you give up – you know, and here's the, here's the kicker. In our family, and people know that Jack's my kid or whatever, the three worst teams are Carolina, Tennessee, and Seattle. I mean, I'm, sure the like, Patri- I'm sure the Patriots aren't too far behind. But I feel like I'm watching – but I'm going to go with Shantese. I don't think it's player. I think it's coordinator. Yeah. And, and the team comes, give Phil Slow a little slack because, hey, kind of looks like you're, you're first year and you've got such a young you know, a young defense. But I've seen things where even if it's third and ten and your your corners are playing ten yards off the ball or whatever, you got to call the right play. So I'm going to go more along the lines of you got the talent there. you just got to coach them better. Yeah. You, you well, just got to coach them better. Well, Tyler, I'm going to give you a kind of a double, a two-handed question here to go to that. We talk about experience, but Phil Snow, not at full defensive coordinator level for a full season, but he's had NFL experience. So should we, I mean, are we right to expect a little bit more from him? Are we right to, or do we cut him a bit more slack than we do, you know, Brady or, 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 or Matt Rule? 
Yeah, I mean, at this point in the season, everyone's getting older and older week by week and getting more experienced also. But for him, you know, even though he's never been a defensive coordinator at the NFL level, he was in college and he was, you know, coaching in the NFL. And he's been a coach for a long time, just in general. So he's had, you know, a chance to organize his thoughts, get, you know, learn with the game, adapt with it. So, um, yeah, I think he should have higher expectations, expectations than like a Joe Brady, who's just getting into this for the first time. Um, because like we see a lot of stuff from the college game today, we see in the NFL on Sunday. So yeah. it's not too, of course it is a lot more complicated and stuff in the NFL, but mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is translates over pretty well. So, um, I say, yeah, he, he should be, uh, have higher expectations than Brady, but, um, you know, I'm happy with what I've seen with him today and, uh, hopefully we can just keep it rolling. Yeah. And then being our resident Mel Kuyper, I don't know if that's an insult to you or a compliment either way. Yeah. Looking into the draft already, I know it's early. I know it's super early, but we are over halfway through the season. And now we're at this kind of weird no man's land where if we keep winning more games, we keep screwing ourselves in the draft. But if we keep losing games, you know, people aren't going to be happy. Are you looking at the draft right now and saying, you know, we need to still focus on defensive guys or we need to, you know, do that offensive overhaul? What is your kind of outlook going into it? Yeah, it kind of goes back to where we finish, you know. Um, at this point, it's not we, there's nothing we can really do to um, affect our finish, I, I, I guess, because where we're going to finish, if we're going to be in that no man's land, that eight and eight, seven, nine, that's because of what we did last offseason. All right, that's how we built our team. That's where we're going to be. You know, that's kind of where we might be at here. So um, when it comes to that, I say we just keep playing and just, you know, hope for the best and uh, week by week. But uh, when it comes down to the draft, I still think defensively, that's where we get a, got a look in the secondary uh, corner. A corner, you know, early would be huge. Um, like we've talked about, we can never get that that number one guy. We, Dante, uh, I think a lot of us see him as like a number two. Um, also a safety, you know, safety is a position of need also on the defensive side. And then, you know, as much as we talk about the defensive line, another defensive tackle next to uh, Derek Brown would be huge because, you know, Kwan Short probably not coming back. And then, um, of course, you know, I have to sh- say it for Jack, you know, the offensive line. Uh, it's I always saying, you a know, you know I'm going to say that. You yeah, know I'm going to yeah. argue that instead. I got I to throw it. Yeah, I, I, I got to say that. And definitely in the top three rounds, at least one. Um, and, yeah, I won't be mad with more than that. So wait, it's wait, definitely you know, real, real, real quick, I just, uh, just saw it. I wanted to tell everybody about it. I'm sure we'll all hear about it. But it appears that uh, Joe Burrow did tear his ACL. I was going to mention that. Just and a quick sidebar. Yeah. I mean, you hate – to see a guy who was going, you know, he was getting into his own. He was going off in the league. Having a hell of a year. I mean, with a team, we and we we all know the struggle of having a superstar quarterback with a crappy team. We know how hard that is for him. So to see him ball out like he was and putting up rookie of the year numbers, I mean, you hate, hate to see that. And we wish the best for him. Another couple of guys, I mean, we saw it on Thursday night, Greg Olson, I pray that it's not, because you know what it is? It's that same foot. It's that same, because correct me if I'm wrong, I was talking to Jeff about this. That second injury, oh, is it another foot? Oh, another foot. It was plantar, it's the plantar, plantar, I should, whatever, on the other other side. Well, I guarantee you our health staff at the Panthers probably found a way to screw that foot up too, because we know, correct me if I'm wrong, that second foot injury he had against the Cowboys back in 2016, I'm fairly certain that was a non-contact injury as well to where he just stepped on that yeah. foot wrong and re-aggravated the injury. So it wouldn't have surprised me if it was the same foot, but I know, and he's, he is so stubborn. He wants to come back and play, but at a certain point, dude, you, I mean, yeah, it, we talked, it's, 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 it's time. And it's so upsetting because we you talked about it for those, I mean, who obviously, who might not have been listening when we first started, we talked over the off season about how, 
because of the era he was in, and Shanti's talked a little bit, because of the era he was in where he was coming up at the end of Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates and all those guys, he wasn't really recognized. And then right, he got about two years before Travis Kelsey and Gronkowski and all these guys started popping up. So he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. If he had gotten that fourth season of a hundred of a thousand receiving yards in a row, he would have been no question. Now, you know, we don't really know if it's going to be if it won't be first bout. It'll be there at some point. Just don't know where. I mean, then I'll throw the, the Jeff a bone, and then Jayon Brown. Now he had broke his arm. He broke his arm in the game. That's a big. That's a loss for the Titans, especially with Clowney going on, now on IR. Yeah. Um, but just kind of talking a bit more about it. I mean. And you, we'll touch back to you, uh, Tyler. But after we took that little break and that little sidebar, yeah. no, you know, I mean, because I was, I was getting to that. Je Jeff jumped the gun; he got too I'm, eager. I'm, I'm trying to be Mel Kiper and Adam Schefter and all that. <laughs> yeah, you can be, you can be our resident Adam Schefter because uh, we definitely need someone like that here. But um, get the background exactly. But talking about, um, I mean, if you look at the cornerback position, and it is an issue, we have not had, I, I dare say, a consistent number one cornerback in or you know around his prime. Since probably Chris Gamble, honestly, I mean that's the last one I can I think of because we we had Norman for that you know the year where he was going off, and and now looking back on it, I mean it wasn't the worst move to make per se to let him go. I mean the way he deteriorated with the Redskins, I don't know if that's a system thing, but I mean Shanti's talking about you know you and I we I mean and Tyler loves it too. The defensive back position is that's our baby right there. We love to see people go off, and I've always said the interception is one of the most exciting plays in all of football. It's the biggest momentum change. So to have a team that doesn't really throw a lot of importance on that position, how much of a hurt, how, how hurtful is that? It, it, it aggravates you because when you see, you look at our division, look at the division we play in. We play in a division with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Evans, and Antonio Mike Brown, Brown, Chris Antonio Godwin. Brown, Chris Godwin. And we don't. And we don't we we never put an emphasis on it, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in the draft, because we we have I can't Chris, if I'm not mistaken, I may and I could I could very well be wrong with this. Chris Gamble may be the last cornerback we've taken in the first round. And that's been since about two thousand four. You know, I Dante was Dante was second round. round. Bradbury was Ty, I mean Tyler, Tyler we'll go back round. to our Bradbury resident. Was late. Bradbury was Bradbury. late. Yeah. Right. Uh, freaking! Oh my God! What was Norman his was from like a fifth rounder? What was the dude from Tennessee who we who we cut? The guy who flicked off Bamba. Oh, yeah, he was. What was uh, oh. the the, <laughs> sa the safety? Galvin. Yeah, we picked him third yeah, round. Yeah, <laughs> Galvin. Galvin. That was horrible. So yeah, we have not. I mean, we have not focused on the position. Not at all. The only other guy I think we may have that may have been close to being a first rounder. I could be wrong, but it may have been Richard Marshall. That may have been the last guy. Yeah, I don't even know if he was. I don't. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not even sure about that either. So it's like I, to watch this team consistently not put emphasis on that position. I mean, they never have. I mean, this goes back to even the cardiac cats. That team didn't have a corner. I that you couldn't name the number one corner on that team. I know who the guys are, but there, there wasn't a number one guy on that team. I say he made his name. He made his name known. He made his name known in the in the playoffs with all those picks. But even then, yeah. some some of your Fairweather Panthers fans wouldn't know even know who he was. Yeah, and it, it's just <laughs> and, and you keep watching us get dissected by teams over the top in a, in a league that's a pass-happy league, we still think we don't need to spend money on defensive backs. And that's the wildest thing to me. Because it, if anything, we've learned that the most important positions on the field are left tackle, defensive end, quarterback, and your cornerbacks are up there. Your defensive backs are up there. Because you have to have somebody that can patrol the back end and make plays. 
And it was okay when we were sending, you know, six in there, getting pressure on the quarterback, and you had Luke or TD ready to get a vulture pick. You don't got that now. We know to hear Whitehead and Stephen Weatherly, they ain't doing that right now. I mean, Shaq's trying his damnedest. He's trying his hard. He almost had one today. He almost had the one today. Yeah. Um, but even then, I mean, he's been he's been close for a couple. And then, oh my God, if Burns could have gotten that pick six on that on that screen, I will never understand because I've seen it all around across the league today. I will never understand throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage on third and anything more than five. I will yeah. never understand it. And I know it pisses Jeff off too. Because like we we went away from the screenplay, thank goodness. But I saw the Titans, the Ravens, the Patriots. I saw multiple teams doing it today where they tried to do that little bubble, that little stutter screen on third and like 10. And I'm like, you don't, you, it's not, I, I just stop it. Stop it. I, I don't understand it. I it's, I can't go. It's too cute. It is. Everybody tries to be. It tries to be too cute with the with, with the game now. Just like, just run the ball. It, or, or throw a slant. Something. Just, just just keep it simple. Were y'all happy we didn't do a fake punt today? I was waiting for it. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, going to happen. The Titans did. I saw that the Titans took <laughs> oh, it. Oh yeah. But or okay, what about because they had a couple? I mean, they had some of those. You know, those reverses. Some of those double. They've been doing some more of that. You know, old. Um. You know of that. Uh, um. Um. I always forget his name when we try to talk about him. Literally every time we try to talk about the coordinator we had North from the Viking. No. Um, did Tyler say it? North Turner. Thank you. I always forget yeah. his name because I always think of Shula, <laughs> but it wasn't Shula because we know how we feel about Shula. We ain't going to talk about Shula. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, we've started to see more of that kind of style of offense, these reverses, these go. The, I understand the idea behind the pass to PJ. I just don't know if I would have had DJ Moore throw that ball. I don't know who's got an arm, but I can't imagine it would have been DJ. What were y'all's thoughts on that play? Because I, that one was that one was interesting. So so a little funny, uh, a, little, a little funky. There. I mean, it was there if DJ throws the ball. Yeah, he actually he's played football before. But I, I was surprised they didn't let Curtis do that. I kind of feel like Curtis no, is probably the, the one that, guy. That's that's right. thing in that or play. maybe like so, or maybe like Ian. I feel like Ian would have like a dagger. I would have thought Curtis yeah, Samuel. I, I would have thought Curtis. Because Robbie, we know his skinny little arm. He ain't making that throw. Sorry, Robbie. You just you ain't doing it. I'm it's it's just ain't gonna happen. Now maybe, maybe I feel like Mike But but to just became do it. I mean, why not? I mean, why not? At no, this yeah, point, why, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean um, oh. moving on to PJ to, to, to transitioning to PJ. I will say I think I think it was someone out of the Charlotte Observer said it today. The two takeaways were PJ deserves to be in the NFL. And um, um, Patricia does not deserve to be an NFL coach. And I agree with both of those statements because I don't yeah. understand as to how the Lions, you see Patricia and still go, yeah, this is our guy. I mean, like Tyler was saying, there were times today where I thought we could have lost that game, but they just didn't. I mean, it was more, it was kind of like the, it was kind of like the, uh, not the Chargers game, or the Chargers game where they did more to lose the game than we did to win. Um, and I mean, we still dominated, obviously, the first shot that we've had since 2015, um, which, let, let, let's listen back to a, a better time. That was 38 to nothing in 2015 against Atlanta. I miss that so much. I'm over here staring at like, I'm staring at the, at the computer screen, like um, freaking um, Dexter and Dexter's where he's taking that picture and he's crying. All I see, I've got the Panthers 2015 schedule. I'm just crying at it because that was amazing. But I mean, so talk a little bit about PJ. Cause I think, I mean, he, other than the two picks, we'll talk about that in a second. I think, you know, PJ, he he looked a lot better than the one drive he had to come in against the Falcons for. Yeah, um, 
he was, you know, going in. Well, let's talk about first of all before the game. It was this reports going back and forth. Yeah, and, that was the wildest thing. Completely conflicting reports, like back to back. Tyler um, was scrambling so that, on Twitter. He was like, "Oh no, <laughs> he's not in. Oh no." Yeah, yeah, so that, yeah. That put me through a loop there with uh, with Teddy's status. Well, um, hopefully they did the right thing though to protect Teddy. At the end of the day, that's what it's most important. If he was going to go out there, I would have been nervous the whole time for him. I would have been nervous yeah, for Teddy. But yeah. so we, you know, we roll with PJ and it was a good decision because we were able to still get out of there with the win. But, uh, you know, pretty much what you expect from PJ, um, better than we, we saw from the Falcons game, of course. But he had a few boneheaded mistakes that the picks in the end zone, you, you know, like that's going to happen in his first NFL start. But overall, he managed the game well. He went along with the flow of the game and he got the job done. And from a backup quarterback that we picked up off the streets from the XFL, like, he showed he's belong here, and uh, that's just a huge plus for us if we can get a, you know a backup quarterback that wins games. So, you know, I, I think he's definitely you know proven that he's better than Will Greer, um, and there's no reason why Greer should you know come in now at any point. So, uh, you know, good on PJ, and uh, if he just cleans up some of those uh, you know boneheaded mistakes, it can get a lot better from here too. Which I'm gonna interject real quick. I was talking to Shanti about it. I expect nothing more or less from him in that first start. I mean, we saw the same thing from Teddy when he was coming in. It's that kind of that syndrome of trying to be the the hero, and that's what you get at a quarterback. You get that in their head. They want to force the play because, I mean, the one the first one where there was literally – it was triple, maybe quadruple coverage. I can't hold you to that one. I don't know what the hell you were thinking there. Te you try to use your legs and extend the play. I mean, luckily enough for him, it wasn't in situations where we needed him to score. Like, And that's why I was okay with keeping Teddy out. If you're going to keep Teddy out of game, it's this one. The, the lines are injured. They're lagging. You know, we don't really need him for this game. Let PJ go in and see what he can do. I mean, that's I was I was fine with it. And like I said, I didn't expect more for, uh, anything more from him. So Shanti's, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go now. Well, I mean, basically, what I saw from PJ was a guy that he does things a little bit different than what Teddy does. Like, he, like on the on the on the throw to DJ Moore, I think was it the opening drive. That was yeah, or at least the second drive or so. That, very decisive, just boom. He sees it, throws it. Does it doesn't wait? Doesn't uh do I wanna no? It's, it, he he did certain things that I hope Teddy watched and sit and saw that hey look, you gotta just go. Sometimes you don't I don't believe PJ Walker. By no means do I do I believe PJ Walker should be should replace Teddy Bridgewater, but like it's there's certain things he does. He does have a certain zip on the ball that Teddy doesn't have. Yeah. He he does have yeah. a little he does have a certain zip on it, but I, I like his decisiveness, honestly, for a guy that, that play in the XFL and these are these are his first NFL uh, uh plays and drives and everything. He seemed like a guy that was sure of himself while he played. I mean, uh, and aside from the two interceptions, I mean now I, I can't discard those interceptions because they were both in the red zone. And the yeah. first one, I can I can see you trying to fit it in the window. The second one, I don't know who Oh, was this was the second one the triple coverage? The second one I thought he was throwing it out of the back of the end zone. He just, he just didn't make it out yeah. of <laughs> So those were those were, you know, unacceptable. <laughs> but aside from those two passes, I mean he had at to that point, at one point he was ten for ten in the second half. I say he was nine for nine for ninety yards in the third quarter. That's insane. Exactly. I mean, so it, so he he's proven I mean, like I said, his XFL on his XFL tape, we talked about it, you know, during the summer. You know he looked like a he looked like he, like he can play. He and, and I'm glad that and this is another point. I'm glad the XFL is getting getting a legitimate like like, like a, a legitimate cosign because yeah. having PJ Walker come in and play and do well is a true sign that had that league was it's it's necessary. It's necessary for a bunch of guys that don't get shots coming out of college. 
especially for guys that go to smaller schools, give them a chance to play professional football and give them a chance to put film out there. Because if, if there was if there was no XFL, PJ Walker has no film for anybody to go off of to see whether he can play in this game. And now that he put, he's put <clears> together a, a, a good NFL debut, he'll have a chance maybe this offseason to go somewhere else and possibly compete for another job. I will say the 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 broadcast team today they called rule out when they showed that Temple graphic where they had the roster picture. I think it was from like 2015, and they pointed out all the Temple players <laughs> that were now on that were now on the Panthers. They called about a little bit there, but you're right. And I hope the Rock, you know, which is the weirdest sentence to say. I hope the Rock can bring it back and make the XFL work again. It's a really odd sentence to say, but I hope he does well with it. Because if there's anyone that would, if there was anyone that would understand that league, I guarantee you the Rock would have gone on in the XFL if it was if it was that big around that time. Um, but oh, yeah. I mean. But, I mean, 24 for 33, 258 yards and a touchdown. That's an average almost. I mean, that's an average quarterback stat in the NFL right now. I mean, the two picks hurt you a little bit. But that's no better. Than, I mean, that's the same as probably like a Jameis Winston game. I don't know if we want to compare it to him, you know, Tim or not. But, I mean, that's not okay. – I guess I expect I – mean, yeah, what, what's your thoughts, Jeff? So, I'll play the devil, devil's advocate here and just yeah. roll with you for you three guys. How big is the gap between him and Te- – I mean, I'm just – Oh, it's no, it's there. It's still there. Uh, to where now, if you were to ask me that question at the beginning of the season, say Teddy plays what he did against the Raiders and then plays and then PJ plays the next week, I'd say the gap is close. But Teddy's gotten you just mentioned you just mentioned the stats. You said that's pretty good stats. Yeah. Okay. Teddy hasn't wowed me this year. No, I know. Teddy hasn't wowed me and he, he's gotten the job done. But at the end of the day, listen, he's got a stronger arm. I think it's more of a health thing than anything, honestly. Well, he's younger. He is younger. He, he threw the ball with zip. Um, you know, the, the two interceptions, like I said, the, the second one, God only knows. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just saying at the end of the day. No, I get you. And what, what I will say to that is how, how big of a gap is, I mean, we're not talking, we're not talking Patrick Mahomes and I don't even know who backs him up. Um, I also do not know who backs him up. I'm sitting here going, he put up good stats. He played a good ball game. And he got the win. I mean, would Teddy have blown this? What would have been had Teddy been playing? What would the score have been? See, I think if Teddy, and that's where I'll get you, and you, you just set me up for it. I think if Teddy's playing, because if you, like I said, if you had asked me this question week three, say Teddy plays a game, plays the way he did against the Raiders, um, or not even the Raiders, but against say like, um, like I guess the Bucks with some of those picks there at the end. If he played that way, and then say PJ comes in and he wins that game against, uh, you know, against the the Falcons, and he wins that or not wins that, yeah, wins that game against the Falcons the way that you know mm-hmm. Teddy did. Um, I would say the gap is close. I would say the gap is very close because that was the problem we had with Teddy at the beginning of the year was his forcing the ball down the field, trying to make those plays and turning it into turnovers. I think now if Teddy has if Teddy or progresses the way he has done this season and is mm-hmm. in this game. I don't believe those two red zone picks happen. I think they become either touchdowns or at least field goals. So I say to you there, that's two extra touchdowns you put on the board. Instead of it being 20 to nothing, it's 34 to nothing. I would say that Teddy, at the beginning of the year, he was forcing a lot of those passes. Now that's not to say if PJ wasn't playing the amount of time that Teddy was playing, he wouldn't work out of those kinks. But in my mind right now, Teddy has been able to work out of those kinks per se. He's not making those plays that he would make that he was making but against, you know. You know you no, know I know, but like he's not making those, he's not forcing those plays like he was against the Bears or he was against, you know, the Saint, uh, the Falcons at the end of that game where he's right. he's forcing those picks downfield and it's costing us games. Agreed. He's gotten he's gotten better about it. You know, he wasn't doing that against the Chiefs. He wasn't doing that against the, against the Bucks, even when you know the Bucks were blowing us out of the water. Agreed. So it's a, it's a fair point. It's a valid argument to make. I think Teddy's still more proven, 
And that's not to say that PJ would not be our guy going into next season in terms of a backup, you know, or whatever we do, we ever, whatever we decided to do next year. Personally, I say we wait a year, see what Spencer Rattler does next season, let him keep going. And if he wants to come into the draft next year, then maybe go up to Spencer Rattler because I've liked what I've seen from him. I don't know what Tyler thinks about him. I just don't think we're, we're, we're not going to, Fields isn't going to fall to us. And we don't need to trade for Fields. So no. there's no reason in my mind to even try this year for a quarterback because other than that, as far as I've seen, the pool is not very, it's not very pristine. Well, you know, there's, there's always Trey Lance. Don't don't don't, I don't even Lance say Cracker. I know you were gonna say it. yeah, Lance Cracker is the one, the one hit wonder. Um, but I mean, I want to hear what your opinions are because that's what I believe about Teddy. I don't know if y'all have differing opinions or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm interested. I'm excited for this week um, with him with against the Vikings. Um, you know, he's. I assume he's going to play since he was that close to playing this week. Um, knock on wood, right? Um, he was that close. Um, so, you know, hopefully, again, you know, against his former team, he's going to be motivated. Not like there's any bad blood or anything, but it's just, it's just, you know, deep down, it's your old team. Yeah. So you want to win. Um, so, you know, with Teddy, I prefer him still as PJ just because of the larger body of work um, that we've had from him. And I want to see some more from PJ. Um, and, you know, well, I think with all quarterbacks t- these days, you need to be in a system that works for you. You can be the, the greatest talent ever, and if you're not in a system that maximizes your talent, uh, you're going to get thrown to the wolves and fail. Like, like we've seen Sam Darnold. Uh, he's gotten exposed, and he hasn't even have, had a fighting chance for himself. But then we've seen Pat Mahomes, who great talent, but he's been in an ideal situation. I'm not saying the Chiefs offense is making him Mahomes who he is, but it's elevating him. And I think that's kind of what happened today with PJ. Uh, he, we got the most out of him, and – uh, we put him in a great, great position. So I want to see him when things kind of start to break down and um, he needs to make some tough decisions. So um, I like for what I saw from PJ, but I want to see a larger body of work uh, before I say anything more. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think Teddy's still the man and I'm excited to see um, if he plays this week and then what he does. And, you know, the thing about um, the thing about PJ is that look, everybody's favorite player on the team is the backup quarterback. Everybody yeah. wants to see what the backup can get in and do. So I'm not. I don't want to go overboard and say you know we should give. I, look, I am intrigued by PJ Walker because of him playing at Temple, him playing the XFL. Some of the things he showed me and some of the things he flashed on screen today, I am intrigued, and I would have loved to have seen him in the preseason and got a and got a larger glimpse of, of what he can do. But like most backup quarterbacks, after a couple weeks, it the newness start the news starts to wear off, and everybody starts to get a beat on you. And once, and once teams are able to start to get film, will he still be able to do those do those same things? I'm just not I'm just not ready to to you know to even put PJ in a put PJ and Teddy even in the same conversation as far as like in even a quarterback battle for that. Yeah, you know? yeah, but 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 the just can become. Bear with me here for just two seconds. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is where he's at because of him being that backup quarterback and was that good? Yeah, PJ. Well, I mean, he but he was more proven as a starter before. Like he had the starter reps. PJ didn't have it. What I will say to that too is that with this line and because it, it goes, it's line and system for a quarterback. They both have to mesh. You have to have the system that works for you and a line that will let you do what you need to do. With the line right now, I'm not trusting PJ off the off the jump. We talked about it in our group chat. You know, Sam Darnold. We he might fit our system. I don't think our line gives Sam Darnold any help at all off the jump. So no. I mean, at this point in time, I'm trusting Teddy more so with the line than I would with PJ. I mean, PJ wasn't running for his life as much today, but he still was. And you saw it affect him, you know, when he didn't have enough time, because that was what the problem with those two picks. He, there wasn't enough time for anything to develop. So he got, he got squirrely. He got anxious in the pocket and just went 
I'm going to get it out of my hands because he didn't want to get lit up like yeah, he has 100% watch Teddy do week in and week out, get you know the life hit out of him. Um, I will say it's weird to see a quarterback with a number six on the Panthers. It was weird enough as number five, but I've seen quarterbacks with number five before. I think the last quarterback I remember that's been good with number six is, God forbid, Jer- uh, Jay Cutler, I guess. I don't know of quarterbacks that have done well with number yeah. six. So so that was odd in itself. Number two. Don't even. Huh? How about number two? We ain't, we ain't oh, going yeah. to talk about it. Um, <laughs> we ain't, ain't, ain't going to talk about it. The That's greatest. also – I'm gonna. I'm not going to say it because it's going to give something away, but uh, Tyler and I need to talk after this because there was something <laughs> funny that happened to us earlier today. Basically, the passwords to one of our things that Tyler had sent me, one of you know the things we have been using was Jake or was uh, Jimmy Clausen, and I just had to stop. And I was like, Tyler. And he was like, no one's ever going to guess it. And I guess we got to probably change it now or tweak it a little bit, but I didn't say what it was for. But I was like, did you really just make the password Jimmy Clausen? He was like, yep. I was like, all right, then I, I expect nothing less. Yeah. But um, all right. So now we're going to bring on what we did last week. Y'all, we're going to have another fan come on. So we're going to be joined by Michael now. Michael, how you doing, man? Hey, doing all right. It was nice to win today. How are you guys doing? I uh, say so we're feeling like that with you, man. It was nice to win today. Like we said, we hadn't recorded an episode where we had won yet because we started right after that three game streak. And then we started recording. We thought we were the bad juju. Yeah. We thought once we started the podcast, you know, the Panthers started losing. So it was nice to see that wasn't us. But I mean, what were your thoughts out of the game today, man? I mean, what did you see as a, you know, as just as a fan? What were some of the things you saw when you watched today that you liked or maybe didn't like? Dude, I was shocked. Like, you know, I knew the defense was going to respond from that butt whooping they took last week, but I didn't think they'd come out and force a shutout. Um, what partic- you guys talked about it a little bit, but what particularly impressed me was how good they were on third down, how many punts they forced. Um, yeah. You know, they forced six punts today, and coming in here. And their last—that's as many punts as they forced in their last five games. So they punt, yeah. They forced as many punts today as they did in their last five games together. That's that's crazy. It was definitely—it was weird to watch. Like, I wasn't—I was like, I wasn't used to this. I wasn't used to seeing punts on a consistent basis. <laughs> that weren't—that weren't from the Panthers. Yeah, that weren't from the Panthers. <laughs> because Lord knows we've seen Joseph Charlton enough to make his money this year. He's gotten his full his full share of pay this full year. Full salary. Um, all those but so. Yeah, I know. Which I was surprised. I was a little surprised we didn't do. It. There was one or two punts where I was like, "Hey, we're about to, we're about to fake it." I was, I was waiting for it. That one where we got to like the forty-four and punted. I thought we were about to do it. That's what I thought too. I so we were like midfield. Like this is prime Matt <laughs> Rule territory here. Too. I was like, here we go. Um. So we we talked about it a little bit. Uh, what I mean, your thoughts of PJ Walker? What did you see from him? That you know, I mean, is it somewhere? Is he? Does he intrigue you? Does he? Do you not even really care about him? You want to just see Teddy back? What are your thoughts? Um. I thought he played well. It, I'll tell you what, it was nice to not see a check down every other play. That was getting on my nerve. Um, I'll give you that, yeah. But yeah. I think I think I would like to see him again. I thought he played well enough to get a second shot. Uh, he did some things that really impressed me today. I was impressed with his speed. Um, that one ball he threw to DJ, I think it was in the third quarter, where he rolled out on the sideline, just threw a dot like in a scramble. That really impressed me. I don't think Teddy would have been able to do that. Yeah, Teddy's definitely shown he's had some issues rolling out of the pocket and throwing on the run, but I think it might be more so, and that's what I was telling them. I think it's more so a health issue than anything, than a particular skill issue. I think Teddy's knee is still a little bit, you know, I mean, it's going to affect you a little bit in terms of placing the ball, but um, I will agree with that. He made some plays that I really enjoyed, and I think, you know, it made me think of like last season, you know, those four or five games where it was the Kyle Allen, Will Greer show. If it was P.J. Walker instead – you know, maybe we don't get eviscerated by the Colts or, you know, the crap kicked out of us by the Saints. 
So now, okay, looking forward. So right now, as it stands, the Vikings are up 28-24 to against the Cowboys. They're letting a lot of points come up with the Cowboys. Of course, the Cowboys this week have Andy Dalton back. They have Zeke back. What are your thoughts going into that game? Are you concerned going into that game? What, what, are, you, what are you feeling? Got to stop Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, think <laughs> got hurt. I think he got hurt, didn't he? Uh, I'm, yeah, not gonna say, I'm not going to say I hope yeah. so, but uh... – <laughs> he, got, he got hurt, but then he came back in after that. Oh, okay, so we're going to get killed by him. All right. Um, but, yeah, yeah. got to stop. <laughs> stop Dalvin Cook. Um, got to get pressure on Kirk Cousins. You know, they've been – I will say the Vikings don't really – I know they're hot right now, but they don't scare me. Um, they've beaten the NFC North, and they're beating the, the Cowboys right now, and they're barely winning these games. So they're not – you know, they're not immortal, if that makes Michael. sense. Yeah, Michael, my, my argument last week was that, you know, t- coming into today, um, Matthew Stafford didn't put the fear of God in me. Kirk, oh. Cousins, Kirk Cousins really doesn't scare me at all. So is that, I mean, the way the front four got after today, are you doing the same thing? Do you want to see the same thing from them, that front four? Get the speed, get burns, gross mottos, getting in there. and Because if Kirk Cousins gets happy feet, he's not going to beat you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't do what Phil Snow's been doing and, like, you know, run through every play and drop everyone else back. Because the way you beat Kirk Cousins is to pressure him. So, you, you know, I would, like, if I was the D coordinator, I would do something very similar to what you did today. Um, stop the run early. I, the run defense for the Panthers has actually been a lot better lately from what I've noticed. But, uh, but I can I – can, I, can, I, <laughs> I just know I'm going to have nightmares all throughout this week of, like – uh, of Dalvin Cook back in like that uh, the Tech, Tech Mobile video game like Bo Jackson where he he's gonna be running up oh, the God. field then back he's gonna turn back around go down the field he's gonna be running like a NASCAR race he's gonna just be running circles until and he Trey has to Boston's score. The <laughs> I say yeah Trey where he's got a really hard head he over over pursues way too often and he's coming like a train without the, won't move off the track because he did that a couple times a day. But, I mean, we saw what Ronald Jones did to us. We saw what Todd Gurley did to us. And Dalvin Cook is just, you know, their daddy. So if Dalvin Cook can do what I think he's going to do, we're going to be – because you say, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, only blitz three and have, hold everyone back. But the problem is if Dante's not healthy for this game and we have to go against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen with the, the quarterbacks we have, I mean, they could be scoring – any any facet of the ball. So does that does Dante? What have you, what have been your thoughts about Dante this season? I'm interested to see because I know what we think about Dante. I think he needs to go on IR. Like honestly, I mean, you could. He's been okay, but you know, I don't. He's been playing through this turf toe for pretty much the whole year at this point. Like at this point, just yeah. sit him down. We're probably not making the playoffs. It, it's only going to help us out if we sit him. Yeah. Um, and in regards to what you said about blitzing versus not. I don't care. I want to play to win. I want to get after Kirk Cousins. You know, if I got to lose, you know, let, let's lose bringing the house. Let, let's lose, you know, doing anything we can. I don't want to lose waiting for them to mess up. And that's, and that's the, when you run three. Totally agree. I said, that's totally the true nature agree. of a Panther fan. We don't, we, we just want to see you go balls to the wall and go all out to get the win or the loss, whichever way you go. Yes. Right, and Michael, so, okay, I, we, you know, we, we heard about how you felt about PJ Walker. Would you rather see him if, if Teddy Bridgewater is still questionable for this week's game? Would you rather see PJ Walker get get his second start? Um, why not? Like the way I see it, let's do it. But if I mean if Teddy can play, I'm sure Teddy's going to play this week for one. Um, he's going to want to play against the Vikings, and he almost played today, so I'm pretty sure he's going to be ready to go. But yeah, I would love to see PJ Walker again. Um, did you guys see that picture or that when they showed Teddy on the sideline and he was just sitting there like like looking pissed? I, I understand. So I understand why he would be angry. Like, yep. 
Well, here's here's my argument, Michael, and I made it before you came on. I mean, you can either back me or whatever. I just don't think the gap is that big. I, I mean, you know, listen, PJ put up great numbers today or good numbers for a quarterback. Teddy hasn't blown my mind. Do you think the gap is that big between the two? I, I need to see more film, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, people said the same thing last year about Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. So I don't want to come on here and say PJ Walker's the guy yet. You know, it's, now, it's, I would it's, love to see him again. But I gotta see more from him. It's it's the it's the film syndrome. You can play really well when nobody knows what you're going to be doing, when no one knows what offense you're going to be running. That's what happened with Kyle Allen last year, and I've argued it too. I argued a little bit with Mike Davis. It was the same kind of thing. Not that Mike Davis got stopped after that first couple of weeks, but you know that's it was very similar. He had three weeks where he went off because there was no film on what kind of t- offense we were going to run with him. It was the same thing with Kyle Allen. Nobody had any clue what kind of offense we were going to run with him, and it's the same thing with PJ. I don't think they're that horribly different. I do. I will say I understood. I understood why they benched him. It was the same thing, kind of with McCaffrey this season. In the grand scheme of things, and it's it hates. I hate to say it as a fan, doesn't really matter for the future of this team. Yeah. Now, pers- now, Teddy, I, I still don't understand what they're trying to do with Teddy. If they want him to be the franchise guy, if they want him to be the future, if they're just using him as a placeholder, I still can't tell because if you're using him as a placeholder, then you don't really care if he's eighty-five percent, eighty percent. You just let him go and do what he needs to do. But if you're trying to preserve him for the future, then you hold him out. So, because that's what they're doing with McCaffrey, keep him back, let him rest, because the season doesn't really matter in terms of his future when you've just made him the highest paid running back in the NFL. You got to make sure he's healthy. With Teddy, you know, I'm not really sure, but I don't know if Teddy has a bad bone in his, has a, a vindictive bone in his body. I don't know if he actually feels like he wants to get revenge on anybody. If he does, it's going to come out this week. I really, I mean, not even because he's not, not like he has any bad, you know, blood against the Vikings, he has more bad blood against the Saints. So I don't really know what to expect from him, um, but you know I'm I'm just hoping for a good game either way, and I'm hoping to see you know that we Dalvin Cook doesn't run over us, you know, like like what I think he's going to do. But the before we let you go, man, what a you got a score prediction for us? What are you what are you thinking right now in terms of oh, win man, loss? I don't really know, man. Uh, I'll probably pick us to win this week, but I haven't really I haven't had time to think about it. No, that's it's fair. Be a tough game though. No, yeah, definitely, man. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on, y'all. Um, I know what. What's your Instagram? I know because you run your own little pa- your own, your own little yes. Panthers fan account too, don't you? It's a Panthers ranter. I, I mean, we we could basically call ourselves the Panthers ranters too, because a lot of the weeks that's all we're doing is ranting about the Panthers, and it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But thank you again, man, for uh, for coming on. Um, we hope y'all enjoyed, you know, having these fans on. Like we said, if y'all want to be featured on the podcast, just DM us a picture of yourself at a Panthers game. But again, man, thank you for coming on. We were uh, really happy to have you on. And until, you know, until we hear from you again, man, keep bounding. Thanks for having me. See you later. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah. And so just going forward, um, talking a little bit about how we've gone into it, I will say going off of it, I don't want to hear anything because the people who listen to us in the past know how we feel about Taysom Hill. I don't want to hear anything about it. I don't want to hear a word about it because listen, he did not play a real team. Give me stats against a real team and I'll be okay with it. I will understand your, his hype. He threw for 200 yards. He had the touching, rushing touchdown and a pass. But he threw to Michael Thomas every play, which is what I would do. That's what I would do every play. Look, I want this credit to win. Because a win is a win. And a win is a win. Woohoo! We can't, it's a fa- say, we can't say it exists one way and not the other. It's a win. Now, I will say, I'll tell you, Kyle Allen at 1.15 games in a row. I yeah. don't know. This, this is, I'm not learning anything new. Give me a, I have a, the same thing with PJ Walker. Let's let's see. 
PJ Walker also came in when his first NFL start today. Yeah, and he threw for the same. He uh, he had he had he had two more interceptions, obviously, but he had the same passing yards. He had one fewer touchdown. He almost had the rushing touchdown that he got stuffed on the goal line for. Would have been almost the exact same stats. So, and along those lines, in terms of like prayers up and thoughts, man, Drew Brees, he had eight broken legs on one side and eleven on the other. I mean, that sucks. Last lung. I mean, dude, that I I. Prayers up, dude. I mean that that's for him. That's that's brutal. Yeah, is this? Cool. Nice. Like, I can say nice. prayers up, but up. prayers up, prayers, prayers, he prayers are up. He ain't gonna play for a while. I mean, he won't. Well, I, I think he probably should. <laughs> I'm, I'm petty. I'm sorry. I'm real petty. I'm try, look, look. I'm trying to be respectful. I, I, I am. I, really I am. He should, he should. He should probably call it a career. So I, because I, at this I, point, there. Hey. I'm sure his I'm sure his significant other is probably going, hey, you had a total of almost 20 broken ribs and a collapsed lung. Uh it's it's time. Yeah, I mean let it go. Yeah. But, but, yeah. I, I I I am pray- I was I as a as a good as a Christian man, I am praying for his you never want to see that happen. <laughs> the petty side of me is holding back now because we'll, we'll move past from that. But like I'm saying, I'll, I'll focus my petty on Taysom Hill. He didn't blow the. He didn't blow everything. I mean, if you watch that game, yeah. if you watched it, his okay. receivers were wide open. Tyler, sorry for two seconds on this. Jack and Chantese. Yeah. Last night in the South Carolina game. We're not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna talk about it because they compared Dottie. They to compared him twice. We're not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna talk about it. These like, I was like twice. I was like Jack going. He's Jack's got to be losing his mind because they're comparing him to Taysom Hill. And I like Dottie, so I don't want that uh, to happen. I, I don't want to be compared to that. Anyway, on we go. Um, but yeah, and then so also take a little bit of sidebar, just going, I have to. I know not everyone here is a Hornets fan, but I have to just praise the Hornets. I think it was a little bit too much money for Gordon Hayward, but they brought it back around when they got rid of the bad Nick and Batum. the ugly that is Nick Batum. I hate Nick Batum with a passion for those who have been listening. We had a hate episode. We had a we had a ranting episode where Shanti and I were just petty about all the sports figures we hate. And for me, the list went <laughs> Nick Batum, Mike Remmers, and Taysom Hill. So our I'm, family chat, our family chat blew up. <laughs> oh, I called my brother. I called D. I called my friends. I I Facetime my friends on the ground, just going, "Yes, the reign of terror is over from from Nick Batum." So I tried to talk about how the Hornets. I mean, I was iffy on the pick with Lonzo Ball. I I don't know how that'll pan out. I they needed to do it. There was no one else they should have gotten at that point, but. I just the Hornets are making finally making moves now. Jordan's, I think, finally coming to his senses at least a, as much as Jordan can. Um, so I, and I don't want to hear anything yeah. from Chantis because he's sitting there he's pretty with his championship. I don't want to hear it. Uh, he, I don't want to hear he, it. He just, you know, all we do is all we do is I ain't look look that that Charlotte ain't really got a ring to it. I mean, you know, what I'm saying? I, we're not gonna. The phone ran a good bit when you call over here, man. Right, let's, get, you know. let's get Tyler back in the conversation and talk about football. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear, but yeah, no. So looking for, I mean, because we'll talk about. We just talked about it a bit with Michael. What scares you most about this Vikings team? For me, I know. I mean, you do have to get to Kirk Cousins. That's all well and good, but the way that Thielen and Jefferson play, Jefferson's more of a deep threat, but Thielen, he's that over the middle guy. Sure, you can get to Cousins, but if Thielen is open over the middle, because as a as a product of that. He can eat you up with the way that our cornerbacks are, if, especially if you're having Jefferson, you know, spy and be a decoy going downfield, and you're taking away two of our guys to go get him. So what? I mean, what are y'all's fears? And we, Tyler, we can start with you. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be tough to stop the run. It's gonna be real tough to stop this run game. Um, Dalvin Cook, one of the best backs in the league, and the way they, the, their offensive line isn't 
you know, supreme or anything, but the way they, they know what they can do, they do what they do what they do and they're good at it. Right. They stay in their They stay in their lane and they do, they, they don't do a lot of crazy stuff on offense. They, they just get the job done and run the ball. And then off that, the play action, that's where I'm real worried with, you know, Shaq Thompson, he's, he's, you know, shown to be better this year, but that other linebacker spot, which, you know, this week it was Jermaine Carter and to hear Whitehead, um, you know, getting in play play action positions. That's where you know that's where they're really going to get us. So their tight ends, Irv Smith, Don, or Kyle Kyle Rudolph, and then I I think uh, Justin Jefferson is going to have a big game against us. I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, real worried about him off play action, play action boot, and then um, you know if we can't stop Dalvin Cook, then it's all it's you know all systems going for them. They're going to be able to run the ball and then throw it off play action. So, so just like any game, we, we got to stop the run initially and then um, you know be ready for that play action pass. So, you know, Dalvin Cook's the second best running back in the NFL. Um, and uh, you know, but I think I think Tyler, you hit it on the head. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That play action when you got you know basically right now the rushing is between him and Derrick Henry, and you know that's the way they. That's what they feed off of is the play action. Um, what scares me a little more about um, Dalvin Cook um, is his speed, where he gets to that secondary, um, and you got those young guys. I mean, if he, you know, if and he will, but you know, him against our secondary, like if it comes to a foot race or making a move, we're, we're done. So, yeah. do your best to slow him down at the beginning, but pay attention to that, that, that play action. Cause that's what, that's, that's where Kirk Cousins is going to be successful um, is, is with that play action. So it all comes down to whether you can stop the run and if you can handle the play action and that's, that's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't really speak about the defense that much. Cause I'll be honest and I've not watched a full, I think I, the only game I watched was them against Chicago. And that was, a, that was, that was a snooze fest. So I didn't pay much attention to their defense there, but like, like, like we've been talking about their offense. Look, they like Tyler spoke about what they do off of play action is what we've struggled with all year because they're, they're, they're going to come off a of play. Kirk Cousins is at his best off of play action. They're going to try to take their shots down the field. Well, can't are we going to be in position? I mean, Dante Jackson is probably not. I couldn't see Dante Jackson being back this week. The next week, he's probably done for the year. In all honesty, and. What can we do as far as creating pressure? Can we can we be more creative with the blitz packages? Can we can we generate pressure as a as a collective like we did this past week? And that's going to be the biggest thing for us moving forward in this game. I will say, if I'm the Panthers, and so because I mean, what I will say this too is that and I've said it every week, and it rings more true this week. But I'm gonna I sound like a broke record. Offensive line is gonna have a have a time this week. They need to give Teddy the time to throw the ball because if we can get Curtis Samuel, we can get DJ, we can get them in space, get them open, we'll be fine. Davis is going to have a bit more of a tough time because they're not, their front seven doesn't, you know, put uh, help give it to Jeff, doesn't put the fear of God in me, but it is an above average front seven with some of the, I mean, they have lost a couple of guys. Um, they've lost a couple of guys. And so it's interesting to see how they're going about now, but they have the ability to get after Teddy and do it at a, in a devastating fashion. Um, what I will say is this, I think what the Panthers need to do, and I think that um, obviously the defense is a lot different than it was last year. But if there's any tape you need to watch to tell you what you need to do for this game and how to try to work at this game, it's last year, week, I don't remember what week it is, but the game against the Titans where you were able to hold Derrick Henry to 63 yards and a touchdown with 4.8 average yards per rushing or rushing per yard, uh, yards per rush average. That's, I mean, because not to say that they're, you know, they're, obviously they're not the same type of running back in terms of volatility, in terms of explosiveness and 
all, I mean, Cal Dalvin cooks a little bit shorter, but he's still got his just as powerful legs. So if you have a game where you're going to look to show how you stop a running back like Dalvin Cook, who you have not played, no one on this defense has played, that's how, that's what you look at. You look at how you played against Derrick Henry. You look against the schemes that you ran, you look against the games that you run, because in that regards, the Titans, uh, I mean, I think are a step up from the Vikings, obviously, but the way that their offenses were run are fairly similar in terms of the receivers they have, in terms of, you know, Kirk Cousins to Ryan Tannehill, um, it's 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 comparable. So I think if you have to if there's a game you got to watch, just like go look. This is how we beat the the Vikings, who are a bit on on a bit of a come up per se, because not they're, again they're not you know blowing it out of the water, but they've got I mean they're winning games, and whether you know a wins I mean a wins a win, and so the Titans ruined that same thing too. They had just started with Tannehill, but they were still winning a couple games. Um, so that's that's the film you got to watch. You watch the Titans game from last year. You saw how you stopped Derrick Henry. See how you shut down guys. Obviously, they didn't have. Um, you know, AJ Brown going off the way he was going off at that point in time. But, you know, I mean, you still had guys like Corey Davis going, you know, doing things. So that's the game you watch right there. You you see they they got after Tannehill that game. You get after Cousins the same way. You know, you try to stop Delaney and Johnny. You try to stop Kyle, uh, Rudolph the same way. They were they did a lot better with tight ends to, uh, the, uh, this week against, you know, Hawkinson, who's been volatile in the red zone and then be able to make, and creating space in the middle of the field. They were better with that. And I think Chin played and Burris, honestly, Burris had a, we didn't speak about him. Burris had a, a fairly good game this uh, today. He wasn't a lot yeah. of things that you would see on a stat sheet, but he was flying to the ball. He was making tackles when necessary. He had that one big play on, I think it was a third and down where he got him almost either at the mm -hmm. line of scrimmage or behind. And I mean, that's what you want to see out of your safety. Yeah. Um. So Burris said, and so I think we need to see, you know, that it's that it's, it's Chin, it, it's Burris. I think Shaq's going to have to fly around the field a lot on defense, and you're going to have to see, you know, the offensive line's got to hold their own because they do still have some shooters here on that on that front seven in terms of the Vikings. And um, I mean, and and Teddy also cannot force any anything because if anyone knows what Teddy is like and Teddy's tendencies, it's Harrison Smith, and Harrison can you know can go around and kind of look at it and see what he needs to do. Um, so for me, and I'll let y'all talk. I'll let y'all go. Uh, but I think for me. This game is is weird. I don't know what I'm looking for this game. I can't I feel like it's going to be a run of the mill, not a shootout, but not a you know, not a defensive game at all. My mind's going like 2017 Panthers. I, I think we come off the belt off the momentum. Teddy, you know, tries to prove himself as a starter again. Um because I think Teddy is honestly going to be pissed that he wasn't playing today and knows that he's 100% now and wants to get that win and wants to instill confidence in himself again with the team and everything. So I'm going 2017. I think I said it this week. It didn't happen this week. Joey Sly still did really well, but I think Joey's going to get his shot to get that game winner. I think Joey's going to get his shot, and he's going to deliver like a 52-yarder to where the Panthers win 20-17. to 17. So what, what about y'all? I got Vikings 23-16. Just think they got, they got more than – they just have – a little too much for us to handle on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. I don't know how Teddy comes out. I don't know if he can be put together a full game. If we, if we can, if we can conquer the third quarter and third downs again this upcoming week, then I'll probably then, then I'll feel differently. But until we do that consistently, I'll go Vikings twenty three sixteen. Yeah, I think the Vikings are going to win seventeen thirteen. Um, it's just you know at the end of the day we got to stop the run and you know, we're not going to be able to take it out completely. There's no way we're going to be able to do that against Dalvin Cook. They're going to be able to run the ball on us. It's just how do we limit that? That's going to be the question. And I think we're going to have a struggle early on, and they're going to be able to you know, run the ball on us. And then, yeah, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, it's like who do you pick? With our corners, that's that's a nightmare. And um, so it's going to be tough to stop that. And then 
offensively, I don't think we'll have too much of a problem, but we just got to stay within our own and um, not turn the ball over. That's going to be huge. We can't afford turnovers in a game like this where they're going to take long possessions. They're going to, their possessions are going to chew time off the clock and we can't afford to waste possessions. So uh, I think we're going to fall short here, 17, 13. I'll, uh, I'll, go, I'll go 34, 31 Vikings. I think it's a track meet. Um, and the reason I say that is just because I don't buy into their, their defense as much. Um, I mean, as of right now and, and however it stands, I mean, Andy Dalton is almost, you know, Andy Dalton's lit him up a little bit today. I mean, I don't have any faith in Andy Dalton in the Cowboys offense. Um, you know, so the defensive side of the ball, I think we get I, – I, it's just – I think it's a blow for blow, but I, I think if, um, at the end of the day – the defense cracked just a hair. Um, and it's like a 34-31. I think shootout. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch either way. And, you know, we hope we'll see. I, it's looking doubtful that McCaffrey will come in. That could be – I mean, if there's something changes there, because we thought he was going to be fine going into this game. Now, you know, that kind of switched around. So Tyler's going to try to keep his keep his head together and try to get these tweets out for you. But I saw it. He was immediately re- – he was like, oh, no, Teddy's out. He's not playing. Like, it, it, it snuck up on him. But – um. You know, guys, like I said, we're going to keep getting that content for you. Um, if there's anything that y'all, you know, want to hear more from us, any questions y'all have, anything y'all want us to talk about in the podcast each week, just know, especially during the game on Sundays, DM us questions. DM us things that you want us to talk about during the game. We'd love to hear from y'all. We'd love to hear your responses. Because like we said, we're a podcast for the people, and we want to keep, you know, getting y'all's voices heard. And so, uh, well, like I said, we've got some things coming out for you here in the next couple of weeks. We're going to keep growing and building this because, you know, like the Panthers, we're just going to keep pounding. We're going to see what all we can do. So, Thank y'all, everyone, for listening again. Like I said, y'all don't know how much it means to us. And until next time, everybody, keep pounding.